0: Hey guys, brand new Birdcast. Test. I am, t- ooh, Red Rocks is on sale right now. September 13th, me, Shane Gillis, Mark Norman, Red Rocks. Uh, tickets are moving fast. I would get your tickets now. Trust me. General On Sale just started uh, today, but you're not listening to this today. Uh, and also, fully loaded, my lineup with my favorite comics to take on the road. We're going to do ballparks. June 16th, uh, South Bend, Indiana. June 17th, Louisville, Kentucky. June 18th, Dayton, I think, is sold out. I'm not, I think we're going to add seats. We're going to try to add seats June 18th to Dayton, Ohio. I'm not certain. Don't hold me to that. Uh, Rochester almost sold out. June 19th, Greenville, South Carolina, Bristol, Tennessee, Lawrenceville, Georgia, Brandon, Mississippi, June 26th, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. Uh, Get your tickets at at fullyloadedfestival.com and Red Rocks and a bunch of announcements coming up. Uh, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. Uh, Brandon, Mississippi. Brandon, Mississippi. I can't wait to do stand up in Mississippi. I've never done stand up in Mississippi. Can you believe it? I'm bringing the whole team. So, today's podcast. And thank you everyone that came to the Greek. It was uh, it was sold out. Amazing, amazing, amazing experience. Amazing experience. I need to slow down. I need to slow down. You're almost at the finish line. I'm almost at the finish line. This has been aggressive it's been three weeks out one week off from when did i start this in september seems like a year ago you started it yeah well the birdie boy relapse tour uh we're gonna take a pause we're gonna do fully loaded and then right before red rocks we're gonna come back we'll do a big run up until december i have huge announcements to make i'm shooting my netflix special i want to announce where that's going to be filmed and I'm doing a an epic run in a place I've wanted to go uh, and bring my family for a very long time. So uh, let's get to the podcast. Uh, today's podcast is a podcast I've been wanting to do. I, I saw an article written by a young lady who was telling the story of why she decided to cut her arm off. And uh, very candidly, this hit me pretty dead center in the chest because when I had arm surgery for my tendon, uh, I had a nerve block. and. I had met this guy named Gabe. He's an archer. He's a one-arm archer. He was on a Go Big Show. And Gabe had cut his arm off. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. I couldn't wrap my head around it until I had a nerve block in my arm. And I woke up one night. My arm was behind my the my recliner. And I couldn't get it back. And it was fucking freaky. And I started having panic attacks and I couldn't move my hand. And I realized if I was put in Gabe's position, I too might cut my arm off. And so. Obviously, me and Tom both had this issue with our arms. Um, And I read this young lady, young lady's article. Her name's Chloe Descano. She is uh, an amazing journalist. She has since written on, she just texted me. She wrote a new article. Let me see where, if I can find it and promote it. Um, She is, I follow her on Instagram. Let me see if I can find her on instagram so i can tell you where to follow her but i followed her journey of her cutting her arm off it is chloe valentine toscano chloe valentine toscano let's see she just messaged me and told me she wrote a new article at allure.com and it's about glittery glitter and temporary tattoos help me adjust to my post amputation um how makeup bridge the gap between my missing arm and me chloe T- valentine toscano uh we had a great conversation we talked very briefly about her accident which is fascinating because she doesn't want the accident to define her she is a paralympian swimmer she is amazing she's a great person we talked about love we talked about we talked about a ton of things i feel like she's a little sister to me we ended up taking her out in new york and partying with her i think i was pretty lit where did we go? Did we go out to dinner? You guys plan it in this podcast. We planned it in yeah. this podcast and, and we ended up doing it. We ended up going out with her. That's cool. And taking her out. She came to my show. Is where's is this at? This is in, it's New, in New York. York but... Um, yeah. I absolutely adore her. I think she's great. I think you should give her a follow. But more importantly, you're gonna learn a lot out of this podcast. You're gonna love this podcast. It's a great podcast. She's an awesome person, ladies and gentlemen, journalist, uh, and friend of mine. Chloe Toscano. Chloe Toscano, it is a pleasure to have you here. It is a real pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: This is uh, really awesome. I'm following your journey. Um, I read the article, that's how I got introduced to you. It was such. A, you're a great writer. You're a fantastic writer. Thank you. Um, my daughter is in. Is is I, I was. I wrote a book, but I'm a horrible writer. But I really can enjoy good writing, and the way you started that article off. <laughs> so, what did you think of uh, House of Gucci? Uh,
1: that was. It was funny actually because I I was surprised because a lot of the feedback I got from that article, a solid third of it, were people having opinions about what movie I was gonna see. Um, <laughs> and i was like cool it just took away the attention from the big thing but that's cool um it was it was it was okay
0: my my buddy tom segura saw it and he absolutely hated it It,
1: okay i didn't love it (laughs) (laughs) i was being nice yeah um i'm a big lady gaga fan i'm a huge lady gaga fan i love lady gaga
0: (laughs) someone just sent me a text andrew you just sent me a text about her she is someone sent me a text comparing her to to amy winehouse saying lady gaga is amy winehouse if she had done all the work and and put in the effort because they're they're both so amazingly talented they are really but lady gaga is the uh is the t- peyton manning this is i i'm the worst at drawing it out i'm like as i say that to she's you an already, incredible
1: performer I got tickets to go see her in August and I've never seen her in concert. And that was one thing I said after my surgery. I was like, I'm going to go see Lady Gaga when this is done. And I accident, I, I like came up and I managed to get tickets. So I was like, yes.
0: That's awesome. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Nah, I'm 28. You're young. You're very young. And and <laughs> and I want to cover all of it, uh, but I want to tell you why I'm fascinated by your journey the most is my best friend had arm i don't know if you know anything we talked about you on a podcast
1: yeah i heard
0: yeah we have a podcast called two bears one cave my best friend had uh broke his arm in half
1: wow. um, right
0: here in the femur and the humerus and it spun in circles and luckily i was there to reset it for him uh but uh he, it, i think in doing so and in, in all of the trauma whatnot he had some nerve damage and he w- he went and had a very very in-depth nerve surgery and he was telling me about it, and at the time, I ended up pulling all my tricep muscles off my arm in in uh, doing a stunt from a movie. Oh
1: my god! What and are you so, guys doing?
0: And so I know well, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I'm my, I'm I'm next time I'm Austin, I'm awesome getting stem cell and everything. So um, so I listened to his journey, and I and I was there for it for the majority of it. I went to the hospital with him. I um I talked to him through rehab. He we talked a great deal about everything, and then I got surgery, and I got an a nerve block now also there's a guy named gabe who's a one arm archer i don't know if you know who he is
1: i'm not sure if i'm familiar
0: he was an archer he was on one of my tv shows and he had cut off his arm he'd heard it in a motorcycle accident he cut off his arm and as a comedian i busted balls with him a lot and he took it all in great strides and and was had a very great sense of humor about it this is gabe and i and, and but one day i said to him i said for real why did you like why 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 not keep the arm and he goes you know you have no fucking idea he goes it's I mean shoulder pain back pain uh he goes I I had no feeling and it's so like I burned it a couple times like I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing no, it's a lot of
1: dead weight it's just it gets in the way um it's it's just yeah I think yeah. it's just a it's a brave step to take in a way I think people have um you know this concept of wanting to aesthetically keep two arms because at some point that's what it is. Yeah. Um. And I feel so much more functional this way that for me, I don't feel very different when I look in the mirror. Um. I mean, I struggled with adjusting my clothes and stuff, you know, and things like that. But I don't feel different when I look in the mirror because I feel so much more functional. Like I can move my arm up and um, I'm Italian. So I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> so now I'm always like,
0: <laughs> yeah well in in this whole process of all of this i ended up having to get surgery and they gave me a nerve block oh and i woke up they said oh, it should be done it should be at, through your system you'll have feeling in your arm again in like six hours worst case scenario 48 hours but it, no longer than six I promise you if if we get to 24 give us a call well we got to like 18 hours and i started panicking but the idea of not being able to feel my hand and my whole arm or move it or waking up and finding it in a weird spot. I woke up and it was behind my bed and it was behind my um, recliner and I didn't know it gotten there and I couldn't get it out. It's
1: such a terrible feeling, it's so strange.
0: It's so strange that I immediately said, I would definitely cut my arm off. I would definitely, I like within, I'm not even joking, Within no. within one day I said, God forbid something happens where I lose feeling, I, w- I will cut that arm I mean off.
1: it feels alien to you uh, yeah. it feels completely alien um and I had actually so I didn't lose feeling in my arm I had feeling um but no motor function so uh, but I've had the nerve blocks before so I know what you're saying um, so it was just very very odd.
0: well take me take me from the beginning So I want to know I, I, I did a deep dive on you you're you are a paralympic swimmer.
1: Um yeah I did I was training with the Paralympics I took a break right now because of the surgery yeah. um I was having a lot of shoulder problems because it's a lot of dead weight to swim with
0: It's a lot of de- I mean so just from me having a cast on yeah. I have back problems from that And yeah. so so in a weird way and I and this is what I I was like I was trying to say this to people is I wanted I wanted people to hear your story and realize it's it can be their story I wanted them to empathize with your story uh, but I want to get to know who you, who you are first before yeah. I start asking very intimate questions. Yeah. So you grew up in New York, Long Island?
1: No, I actually didn't grow up in New York. I grew up in Florida, and what? yeah, where? Um, in South Florida, in Boca Raton. You what? went to school there, didn't? you? I went to yeah. school in Florida State. I went to yeah. school, I grew up in Tampa. Yeah, that's so funny. I dated
0: Miss Boca High at one point. Where did you go, Spanish River? Wait, you
1: went to you went to Boca High?
0: No, I know. No, I but I. My girlfriend was Miss Boca High. Where did you go to school?
1: um, I went to to an art school that was in West Palm Beach. Actually, I took the train there every day. It was an hour away from my house. Um, Yeah, and so that's where I went for middle school through high school. Um, It was a magnet school program, um, and I was in an arts program there. So that's what I did.
0: Italian, your family Italian from Um, New York relocated?
1: No, not even. Um, My dad's side is Italian, but uh, we're estranged. My mother's Swiss, so we speak French um really yeah i just don't look swiss at all i got all the italian you got a lot of italian i got all the italian and whenever i'm on the phone now i'm holding the phone with my right hand and even my left arm's just like i'm like no what are you talking about what i was sitting i was sitting at breakfast with my mother one the other day and she was like god chloe you're so italian you're like (laughs) moving around your arm because i was getting upset on on a call and i was like what do you mean
0: (laughs) that's so so uh growing up and i asked this because my daughter had a big event What were you like in high school? Did you have a big group of friends? Did you have a small, tight-knit group of friends? Um, Were you a social butterfly?
1: I was, I was, I had, so my school is divided by art. So we had like visual arts, which was where I was, dance, theater, uh, strings, band. um, And I think think that was it. So we were very, you stuck with your major, your friends who were in your major very much. So I was with the art kids. Um, I didn't stay very close with a lot of them. I mean, we stuck together middle school through high school. I was mostly friends with the people who lived in my area because we were all coming from different areas to go to this school. So there was maybe a group of five that lived in Boca Raton. So I was friends with them. Um, and then in college, I didn't know anyone when I went to college. Where'd but would uh, See you, see you Boulder. Oh, for real? Yeah.
0: Okay, I tried I tried desperately to get my daughter to go there.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have like the Ralphie mascot. Uh, yeah. Andrew and I were talking about that in the car. Um, yeah. I applied to be on the route they have. So they have a real Buffalo that they run around the football field at games. And I thought it would be funny to apply to be one of the handlers. And I'm usually it's like a couple of big strapping men and some maybe very strong women. And I'm not that. Um, But I applied and I didn't think they would get back to me because I filled out a BS application. And I wrote like they said, do you have any experience with large animals? And I think I said, like, like dragon handler or something like that and they got back to me to go to tryouts and i was like oh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, so you went to see you boulder were you a yeah. skier snowboarder oh
1: no i've never skied or snowboarded i'm actually not very outdoorsy i don't, I don't know really what i was doing, like how i wound up in colorado
0: yeah that's an interesting move because yeah. like i tried desperately to get my daughter to go to boulder i wanted her to go there so bad because i wanted to go there i, I wanted to go hang yeah. out and so, uh, and it's such a beautiful school.
1: It is. It's a beautiful school. I went there because it was the only non-art school that I applied to. And um, at some point I said, I want to go a little bit away from the arts because I feel like if I were to stick on just an arts track, I wouldn't have opened my uh, my horizons enough. And I really wanted to learn how to write. That was a big thing for me. And I feel like that's something I wouldn't have gotten to focus on because you prioritize your studio arts so much at an art school. So... I just wanted to expand that horizon. So that's why I wound up going there.
0: So when you went to college, were you did you kind of leave arts behind?
1: I kept doing it independently, but it's hard, you know, to manage both. Um, I still work on things. I take on big pieces at home sometimes, like I'm working on something right now. But um, for the most part, I write because I think it's a really great creative form that's very portable um, and just, I don't know, I think that so many people can appreciate it at once. It's a lot easier to let other people see it in a way
0: well, you're you're a fantastic writer thank you fant- i sent your article to a bunch of people as soon uh-huh. as i read it well I just i i love uh you know i love um i i, I don't know enough about right art about literature to be able to compare you to someone but i would compare you in my head i can just pray to the people i like which is like Fitzgerald, uh, uh hemingway i love uh, hemingway is my one of my favorite writers oh, i'm honored in the, in the world because he's very i love uh I love his titles. I love his the titles of his book for whom the bell tolls or the sun also rises yeah the sun also rises is a book that i i read you know gr- growing up you have to read in school and then one day i- re- i had to reread all the all the twenties uh all the writers from that era um in yeah after graduate it, I moved to new York i didn't graduate so I had to go and take uh correspondence classes and one was a literature class oh cool and it was actually really cool because i ended up reading a bunch of books that i wanted to read
1: i like literature classes i think they're great for that because you can kind of take whatever you need out of them in a way i
0: stole to this day i have stolen so much from those people Uh, i love i remember being in new york and reading hemingway and it was i went up to my roof i lived on uh on on uh where did i leave Bleecker Street.
1: Oh, my God. I love Bleecker Street.
0: It's that little. <laughs> it was a Bleecker Street. Yeah, the Bleecker Street. Carpet. I just went
1: out. There it was my birthday last week and I just went out there with my friend. It's so fun. Oh, yeah.
0: And so I was up on the roof and I was reading and uh, having a cigar and a cup of coffee. And I, and then the sun was setting and I was reading The Sun Also Rises. And it was at that moment that I realized well, that's why this is a great title. The Sun Also Rises. Like, it's a fucking yeah. banging title.
1: It is. It absolutely is. And it's so great that you got to experience it in that environment, in that setting. Um, and because that has so much to do with sometimes when you're reading something, I just, yeah. Are
0: uh, you a big reader?
1: Um, I'm actually not a big reader. I was at some point and I'm not. I read a lot of the Russian literature because I took all the Russian literature courses. So in like
0: college. I, me too. I did uh, uh, We, what's the book We?
1: We uh, by uh, Zamyat, uh, Zamyatin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Zamyatin. Wait, so wait, what got you into Russian literature?
1: Um, I took like a, it was, it was an elective course. It was a Russian fairy tales course. Um, And I immediately fell in love with the literature and the culture. And um, I think that the language is so interesting. And um, so I just wound up taking a lot more of the courses, um, which just amounted to just like me taking all the Russian courses that they had. And I read so much of the literature um, from there because, and I think that, it's just it's so dark and it's sometimes humorous in a very dark way it's a dark sense of humor that I personally enjoy yeah. um so I just got a lot of pleasure out of reading those books
0: I loved I loved the idea that the state was controlling the art mm-hmm. but yet the message was still coming out through the art yeah I thought that was so cool that it made me feel like I was reading secrets yeah and I, I, I loved it and we <clears throat> We had to read it in Russian uh, when I was in Russia. We ha- we were supposed to be reading them in Russian, and I just I couldn't. I was kind of fucking horrible. I have all the books. I have those, and I have Jack London. I have a whole set of Jack London in Russian. In Russia. yeah. He was a really big Russian writer. Like a, uh, people love Jack London. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's interesting that you got into Russian literature because I I why well, was because I kind of got forced into it a little bit. But uh, yeah, reading. I, as we're talking right now I go, I'm looking for something in life. I'm missing something in life. I don't know what it is. And I, I part of me thinks it's my lifestyle. I think my lifestyle's not allowing life to shine the way I want it to. It used to help. I drink a lot. I drink a lot. I party. Yeah. I stay out late. I, I'm on the road at a month for a month on a time. Yeah. And as we're talking, I went, I should read a book. I should maybe just find a book and read it.
1: I think that all the time. I'm a writer and sometimes I say, Oh my God, Chloe, you're such a fraudulent writer. You don't read enough.
0: <laughs> I love the word fraudulent the way you just used that, I will be stealing that.
1: (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) I don't even know if I used it correctly. But I mean, I feel like that. I'm like, oh, you're such an imposter For you don't read enough. But I mean, I still really value my Russian literature. And I think that it made a big imprint on how I write today. Um, I was a horrible I was good in my Russian fairy tales class. And then after that, um, I was just a terrible Russian student. I did the reading, but I was just never in class, um, I had this teacher, this Russian teacher who was actually there when I had my scooter accident. She happened to be walking by. And I remember because I had all, I was covered in road burns when I had that scooter accident and my pants were torn. And um, she came over and she had this, she took me into the school and like- um, Did this
0: accident happen at in, in Boulder?
1: Yeah, like right in front of the school. And she took me into the school to like disinfect the cuts on my legs. Um, and she goes, Rip jeans are fashion and she pulls my jeans on the knee open even more so she can disinfect the cuts um but then this teacher she just i was a nightmare for her probably i just never had my work done ever um but it was it was just so funny that it happened there like that
0: sweet uh do you mind if i ask you personal questions go for it do you have did you have you been in love yes really
1: oh yes <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> how many times uh i love asking people that because we do it on our bus we talk about how many times we've been in love <clears throat> and it's interesting i know my for a fact my first one was eighth grade that was like sick love that was like i was like oh that oh this that's what this is yeah the kind of love where you go i never thought i was gonna get it yeah. And then you, and then you go and then you're like I got it. And
1: you can't pin the feeling down and you're like I don't understand and it's making me upset and I'm feeling all these things and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um I'm a Pisces so I don't know. My friends always like I'm not big into zodiac signs but my my best friend is and she's like oh it's because you're a Pisces you're so emotional all the time. Yeah. And so yes, I have been in love um yeah, too <laughs> really? many too many times.
0: Do you fall in love easy?
1: Um I'd say no, n- I don't no but when i do it's usually with someone very unattainable or just something that's not promising um yeah. like my gay best friend and you in
0: love with the gay best friend
1: absolutely um <laughs> really? hardcore really? yes um in college and you know we spent so much time together and um it just got i was like i was just i was like this i could live my life just with him loving him like, I was ready to give up everything, and, you know, I just fell in love with the wrong people.
0: I fell in love with a gay woman once. Yeah. Did you
1: know she was, though?
0: Uh, so, I without I, without spilling too much, I had dated her. When, I, I think, I, think I, always, I always knew she was gay. I think that's part of the thing. I mean, if you meet my wife, I think you'd think she's gay. Like, there's a part, <laughs> there's something very sexy about gay people where, like, of the opposite sex to me, where they don't really want anything to do with you yeah and and but it's almost like uh i don't know it's like you're chasing something and i i liked that i i really loved that chase inspired me it inspired me to feel it inspired me to 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 want and to need and and i and i loved it and we dated for a a period of time uh when she was when i I don't i don't think i knew she was gay i don't think she knew she was gay I don't think she ever knew she was gay. I don't think she still to this day I knew mean, she was gay. But um but then and then I I uh dated her uh, when she was out of I had a girlfriend and it was very it was very, very complicated. It was very complicated. It
1: becomes complicated with, with she, that. I
0: loved I loved her I love her brain. I love her brain. Her brain is one of my top five favorite brains in the world now my wife's number one number (laughs) one but and and i don't think that i could i know for a fact i couldn't be with this woman uh today the way i live my life but when i was a single guy looking for who i wanted to be and who i who i strove strove to be Is that a word um i loved that that woman's brain she was very fun brain yeah yeah
1: yeah and i think you know when you're when you're younger and as you're growing, you sometimes have a more romanticized version of how things can work out no matter what. And um, you can allow yourself to latch on to people for whatever reason like that. And you don't always control it. Yeah, um, yeah so I've I've definitely been there. That situation sounds very familiar, except really? that we did not date.
0: Um, did, you, did you ever hook up at all?
1: No, not even. Um, it came to a point where he said that he didn't even want to be friends anymore. It broke my heart.
0: Uh, so how many times have I had your heartbroken? Exact amount of times you've fallen in love?
1: Mm, I've
0: probably. Never, I've never... Yeah. My
1: first. So like I think like my first like like relationship, uh, it didn't even last that long. Um, was with a woman, and I she was older, and it was my first time with a woman, and I think it was just a realization for me, and I very quickly fell for her. Uh, but you know, I think she lived a lifestyle that was very different than mine. And I feel like it, we just weren't compatible and, um, and she wanted to introduce someone else into the relationship and I did not want that. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and I hated her dog. I'd wake up every morning and her dog's butt was on my pillow <laughs> and it was horrible. <laughs> so that couldn't when go When you on. say
0: how much older, how much older? Uh, 10 years older. And were you in college at the time? Um, No, I was
1: maybe, I was was out of college. I was maybe like 24. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so she was like 34. Um, And I just, you know, I think I was still just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. And it can very quickly become derailed when you fall for someone and you want to give them all of yourself and you want to break your comfort zone for them. Um, like I wouldn't let anyone's dog's butt sleep on my pillow.
0: Not now, not now,
1: now. (laughs) but like when you really want to, you know,
0: when you compromise who you are and then you wake up one day and you're like, who the fuck am I?
1: Yeah. And you feel like you've let go on a lot of stuff that you're working on, things that you're working towards. And you feel like you're torn in two different directions. I don't feel like a relationship should feel that way. It shouldn't feel like it's tearing you apart from who you are. So, um, I was so heavily focused on my arm the past couple of years that I just haven't taken the time to even think about dating or falling in love.
0: Focused with your arm, but because the the decision to remove it, then all of a sudden you have to do the build up. And, yeah. Well, so let, let's talk about. I'm curious about the scooter accident because it's it's amazing how one little thing can.
1: Yeah it's just such a silly, small little thing. You know, I was driving with my arm in a cast that day on top of that because I had a scooter. I broke my I broke my wrist uh, trying to catch a ladybug. like at the top of I was just like standing on the side of the bathtub, you know, and I fell down. And um, so I was in a cast for that. And then, you know, college age you make bad decisions so i'm driving my scooter because i'm like i can drive it in a cast like a vespa yeah it was a vespa and yeah. uh the rear brakes are on the left um but i couldn't hit them because i had my cast on the left side and then a pedestrian crossed the road so i just had to stop really quickly and i slammed my front brakes so i just flew over um but it's something that feels so small and so past to me now because i don't feel like i'm living that anymore Yeah. so i try to kind of take it and Leave it there because I think if you dwell on those small things, uh you can never keep moving forward.
0: Yep. My uh yeah. It's amazing. I, I think that I think from the outside looking in, people can dwell on it. People can go, Oh, if that happened to me, I'd be so focused on that one day. But when it does happen to you, you go, Oh no, I'm I'm here to right now. Like my buddy, it was all because he was gonna do a slam dunk. Yeah. And his patella ruptured. And he landed on his arm and it broke in half and spun in a circle.
1: Yeah, that's Tom. Yeah, that's Tom. And That's crazy. It must have been such an intense recovery.
0: He's still going through it. Yeah, I believe
1: it. You know, you don't stop going through these things Mm -mm. when they happen. And um, God, the nerve block is so weird. They did it to me after my surgery because my pain was so bad. Yeah. And um, actually, like before I went under for my surgery, the anesthesiologist – who did the nerve block because they were supposed to do a long lasting one so that I wouldn't feel anything when I woke up from the surgery. He said, these can cause permanent paralysis sometimes. And he did it. And then I went under, which was like, why would you say that?
0: Uh, <laughs> and- oh, that fucking makes me crazy. <laughs> Someone needs to talk to him, pull him aside and say, this isn't how you talk to people.
1: It was like he was doing he was like he was doing it. And I was like, I don't know. Um, It was just. You know, it's a little bit of a high-stress moment. Yeah. Um. The only thing that made it less high-stress was there was this woman working at the hospital, and I don't know who she was, but she was there when I was checking in for my surgery, and she was wearing, is December, so she was wearing an ugly Christmas sweater with very uniquely placed ornaments on it. And um, I couldn't stop laughing when I was checking in for my surgery, and the guy thought I was crying because I was trying to hold it back. And oh. then... When I was there and we were preparing for my surgery and the guy was doing the nerve block and my doctor at the same time was drawing with a Sharpie on my arm, this woman was standing there. She was just there. I don't know why she was there again. And I started laughing so much.
0: Oh, as, as you can. As, <laughs> yeah,
1: because I, I was just like, and my mother who was there knew why I was laughing and I couldn't tell them. I didn't want to be like, oh, her Christmas sweater.
0: Christmas sweater is making me laugh. Yeah. To the point where it looks like I'm crying. Yeah, But it's not my arm getting cut off.
1: Yeah. So my mom's like, it's just, it's nerves. But I was like, it's the sweater. <laughs> but it was such an absurd experience. And these nerve blocks are so intense. Um, But mine didn't take. So I woke up. It didn't very, take? It didn't take. So I woke up oh. very much feeling things. Oh. The second one they did, it did take. And so like, <clears throat> I know what you were going through at that point because it really took.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Raycon. By the way, I want to start this. It's Mother's Day raycons make the perfect gift for moms who else is leaving you voicemails honestly if you want to say happy mother's day to your mom get her a pair of raycons i want to start by saying i brought my raycon skiing and i wear a helmet when i ski they i wanted to thank them personally uh bigger headsets you feel them cramming in your ears these are so sleek they felt perfect in my helmets they are a must-have for super moms all those masters who multitask need to keep their hands free with Raycons, they can stay entertained while listening to their favorite podcasts like two bears one cave or Bert cast or your mom's house or rogan or joey diaz the joey's joint uncle joey's joint take a phone <laughs> by the way i want to party with the mom that's listening to uncle joey's joint uh it's all hands free Raycons are user friendly for the mom switching to wireless earbuds easy to set up easy to use seamless bluetooth pairing plus they come in a bunch of fun colors so you can find mom the color that suits her personality. Optimized with gel tips for the perfect inner fit. These are earbuds that are so comfortable, and they are—they do not budge. You can put a helmet on them. I'm telling you, that's why I love my Raycons. I threw them on. Amazing music. It's got—I think it's got eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life with their compact, portable charging case. And the price just right. You get the quality audio for half the, uh, the price of the other premium audio brands. And Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 49,000 five-star reviews, perfectly fitting for a five-star mom. I love my Raycons. They're sleek. They fit in perfect. I can sleep on the bus, listening to podcasts. I don't feel them bulging in my ear. I don't even forget they're in sometimes. Tell mom how much you love her and make sure she hears it in crystal clear audio quality with Raycons. Go to buyraycon.com slash to get 15% off your Mother's Day order. That's buyraycon.com slash birdcast. The weather's getting warmer. The light is staying later. You know what that means? Cigar time. I had a cigar last night after the Greek. I had a cigar that I got from Famous Smoke Shop. You know why? Because they are, uh, I got the R-Series. What was it? The R-Series. I've been waiting for this cigar. Uh, They're sitting right over there. I'm looking at them right now. La Gloria Cubana. They're fucking great. And I love Famous Smoke Shop. They know how to deliver the authentic cigar shop experience because it's been in their family business for over 83 years. They have decades of cigar knowledge and a huge selection of premium cigars. Famous Smoke Shop was even named the best place to buy cigars online by Cool Material and Cigar World. Famous Smoke Shop offers a huge selection of over 1,000 brands to choose from and lets you find incredible deals on everyday cigars and highly recommended classics like Romeo, Monte Cristo, Macanudo, Acid, and Olivia y Fuente. That's Spanish. Uh, So if you want your favorite cigar delivered fast and guaranteed fresh, has to be favorite uh, famous smoke shop. I'm telling you, it's the only place I get my cigars. I, I, I you know, it's so funny. I, I, I think it for me. I like to browse. I like to browse, and I get overwhelmed in a cigar shop sometimes. And it's nice to go online, find the ones you like, click them, and know that they're going to be delivered fresh to your door. Here's your opportunity to save ten dollars off your purchase of fifty dollars or more when you go to famous-smoke.com. That's famous-smoke.com, and use the code BERT10 at checkout. Save $10 off your purchase of $50 or more. I will be smoking a cigar tonight. I promise you that. You'll get your favorite cigars delivered direct from their humidor to yours. That's promo code BERT10 for $10 off your purchase at famous-smoke.com. Great cigar deals only at famous-smoke.com. And please remember to use the promo code bert and the number 10. I'm impressed by how much you actually move your arm talking. It's overwhelming. <laughs> like it, you, you are really animated.
1: I just always was. So this was very odd for me to have it not animated.
0: So then when the accident happened, did at what point did you know things weren't gonna be okay?
1: Um, They, I broke my thumb on the scooter accident. So that was like everyone's, actually everyone's initial big focus was my road burns. Because I had so many. And so the arm didn't get looked at for a while.
0: Oh, really? And
1: then when my cast came off, they were like, oh, crap, she broke her thumb. Do you still
0: have road burns? Any scars?
1: Mm, Not really. I have, like, the tiniest thing underneath the wing of this tattoo right here. But, like.
0: You say Tattoo. What did I say? That's the way I say it. Going. <laughs> so, so they were focused on these road burns. So no one was really.
1: Yeah. So like after they did, they did a surgery to repair the broken thumb. And it was um after like that cast came off and I realized that, you know, the mobility is not not right. So that's kind of when I realized it. um, And it was just very odd.
0: So the cast came off. So you had that cast on the whole time and didn't realize what was going on
1: yeah not really um yeah no
0: and then and then you the cast comes off and i i've missed explain this to people i've said you didn't have you didn't have use of your arm from the elbow to the fingertips no that's correct oh that is yeah
1: um yeah so i mean that's why they went above the elbow for me a couple inches above the elbow really yeah um because had they gone underneath I have so many people now. It's funny how social media people think presume to know your life. And people are like, you should have kept the elbow. Um, you would have much better function with a prosthesis. And I'm like, you'd think I might have if it would have been a good decision. Um, but thank you. The Internet. The Internet
0: sucks so bad. So, so bad, and bad. I, thought I actually I actually followed you from afar and was hesitant to talk about you until I knew you'd do my podcast because I didn't want to i didn't want to send people your way like i didn't i didn't want morons coming to you oh and because i well, well that was very considerate first of all, I, you're when you're at your age you're just you know 10 years older than my daughters so i'm a little hyper aware of of uh well i would say young ladies and i know you're a woman but but i'm hyper aware of just how uh horrible people can be to women yeah and so and so and especially when you're going through something that's you're being that is very p- private but you are being public and you are sharing your journey that sh- that you're sharing it for the people that really are I think you're 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 I know for a fact that I felt privileged to be able to follow it does that make sense no yeah
1: and I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm touched that you say that I mean I wrote the article just started off as it was really on a whim. I hadn't told anyone I got COVID the week before my surgery. So I was locked quarantining by myself uh, in New York over Thanksgiving um, at um, Diane Neal's house, watching her cat and like alone in her house. And um, I was just like, had nothing to do but think. And I hadn't told anyone about my surgery except a handful of best friends really. And then I was like, Oh, and I ran it by the editor at the Huffington post because I'd met him before. Um, And he was like, I'd be really interested in that. Send me the essay my way. And we put this thing together in just like five days. And um, he told me before he released it, he said, this is going to be a, in a very it's out there in a very public way. Are you sure? And I was like, I think, you know, I'm going to be out there publicly without an arm. I might as well be open about it and own this decision. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, I think that making that choice was good because I got so much supportive feedback that just outweighs the, but I hate saying this, but the idiots out there who are making comments that are just horrible. Well, <laughs> so, you know,
0: it's funny you, I don't think you've ever been one of those idiots. I've definitely been an idiot. I mean, I've said things online to people that, so when it comes to me, I go, oh, I'm deserving of this. I I don't, I couldn't tell you what I've said, but I'm certain I've said stupid things like, uh, like, I, I don't know. I watched a movie last night and about a. 25 year old woman dating a 15 year old boy and i wanted to like comment and then i was like why what the fuck am i commenting about i was like i wanted to comment and be like are we supposed like uh, is is anyone else bothered by this i think
1: we innately want to chime in as humans we want to have an opinion
0: and then i was like and then i was like first of all that boy is an amazing actor he's not 15 but he's an amazing actor that woman is an amazing fucking actress i enjoyed the fucking movie i have one hang up because i have little girls so like i have one hang up And then I'm like, what, shut the fuck up, Bert. Everyone liked the movie. Like, what are you, like, and I actually was like, I'm I'm really good at not tweeting anything these days. I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) Although I did tweet, I said, I said, did anyone else see this movie? I couldn't help it. I I mean,
1: we all do. I haven't necessarily done it so much on social media, but I'm, I've said my handful of stupid things in real life.
0: Um, In real life, I do it all the time.
1: Oh yeah, so I mean. In real life on
0: this (laughs) podcast, I do it all the time.
1: yeah, I mean yeah. I, I I do it constantly.
0: So so how long did you live and did you did, was there a point where you're like so this is my 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 this is my my now. This is where I am. I'm still going to swim. I'm curious how how difficult is it to swim with a limb you don't have te- uh, like a por- portion of a limb you don't have technical control over.
1: Um I was so I swam see so you didn't have a swim team. They have a club swim team, so I swim on their team as a freshman, I'd never swam in my life before, but I just decided to join to meet people. So that's how I started. And um, then I really enjoyed it. And um, I- What keep, do you
0: enjoy about swimming? Because I, just, I enjoy getting to the pool. I enjoy getting into the pool and I enjoy getting out of the pool. But, and, and I <laughs> technically like swimming, but there is a part of it that is like, really just staring at the bottom of the pool.
1: I really couldn't tell you what I enjoy about it sometimes because I hate getting in the pool. I'm at all times the last person in the pool. Um, it, it just, it's cold. I don't enjoy getting up so early to go jump in a cold thing. But That's, I, oh, these
0: are the things I do like.
1: Yeah. So I don't like those things. I do actually like staring at the bottom of that line. It just, I don't know. It always takes you home. It always takes you to a place. It's very, I'm an organized person. Yeah. Um, so it feels controlled and stable um and it feels good i don't know i feel good when i do well in it like i feel i just feel good and i think what i mostly liked about it was when i found the paralympics and that environment um and also the coach who came to see you at some point she's the one who really helped me adapt my stroke to be able to swim with that arm um yeah do you
0: have video of you swimming with with your with your old arm yeah i do is it online
1: um if you look far enough down on my instagram probably yeah
0: because I, I was I was always curious to that because I have a bad shoulder. And then after my surgery, my arm has gotten, like, my shoulder has gotten worse. And I, I can't even sleep on that side. I wake up in so much pain. I'm
1: sure shoulder pain is really bad. It's just, it can, I had really bad shoulder pain that came from, because I would really over lean to this side. And then it was really a bit of a toss to get this arm around.
0: Really? Um, so you were you yeah. literally using your shoulder to flip that arm over.
1: Yeah. So, I mean. Is that you? That's me. For real? Yeah.
0: No Why? It looks like a goddamn commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking great fucking picture. Oh yeah, thank you. I mean, you. holy shit. <laughs>
1: did
0: was... you did you have a prost pros- any prosthesis?
1: No, it? I didn't. Just... Um, I I swim with a brace that um. I always I have a really bad phantom arm, so I keep thinking I'm like really pointing to a wrist that's there when I'm showing you right now. Yeah. Um, but like I swim with a brace on before to like keep my wrist in place. And when that coach came to the team, um, she was like, we're gonna try swimming without the brace. And she's the one who got me swimming without it. Um, She was just incredible. Her name was Anne, and she just moved at the same time as I did, but I swam with her until like, until up until my surgery. Really? Um, She trained me while I was swimming for the Paralympics. And um, she was just one of those people who never worked with anyone who had a disability, but had a really creative mind. like a good MacGyver mind who's like, I think we could, I think we could make this work. How can we make this work? Um
0: I love those minds.
1: Yeah. Just so great. Um and like I've encountered some of those minds like since having this accident where people have come up with really creative solutions for me. Um, and I just love that. I'm always so touched by it. Yeah. Um, I've only gotten back in the pool once since my surgery though.
0: Yeah, but I think that's all that's kind of normal, right? Like,
1: yeah, I've had a very bad phantom arm and like phantom sensations and phantom pains have been really bad
0: so wait what is that what is it
1: um so it's just crazy like you really feel like i really feel like my arm is there um like right now like reaching out like like today my elbow has been really itchy but i don't have an elbow it's insane yeah it's a short one
0: i can't tell at all <laughs> I can not I mean I really honestly don't know which arm I do now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was that one. Um see the hand in so get any pole. So then
0: were you using the the what well, I, I mean it looks great.
1: I think the help I got out of it was to get some leverage to keep me steady if anything because I was bringing something around. It slowed me down in the sense that I really couldn't bring it around very quickly, so I didn't have a very quick turnaround on my stroke. Um breaststroke I couldn't do so I would leave it by my side for breaststroke um so but yeah it just became very heavy with the shoulder
0: my this sounds crazy but one of the things I did when I first discovered you and got on your Instagram is do a deep dive on your picture your Mm -hmm. pictures and it was interesting to see to see that arm to see that like to to see in a picture you'd be like this yeah and that one arm would just be like down yeah and it and it there was a moment where I thought cosmetically it's an interesting decision cosmetically because it is it's semi unnoticeable like meaning I don't you got to look for it almost
1: it was yeah it was a pretty unnoticeable thing and it was crazy actually um to live with that because um you just have this crazy like dichotomy of living with such a huge impairment, but also looking so incredibly, quote unquote, normal. And there would be times where like I would need help with something and people didn't necessarily know, um, like tying my hair has always been a big thing for me. Like it's really hard to do. And if I was alone or I didn't have someone I knew who would do it and I would have to ask someone, I had to give them an explanation as to why. And because they would look at me and think, why does this completely normal girl with two arms need someone to tie her hair? She's 25 years old. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Whereas now I have the situation where like, if I'm like, hey, could you like whenever I buy ice cream, they always hand it to me. And then on an ice cream cone, and then I can't pay for it because I'm holding it. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I'm always like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, so that's the fucking thing. That's the <laughs> thing. I, um, I, I, that is the thing that I, I think is, I mean, is hilarious as a comic is those little moments in life where
1: it's crazy.
0: That's fucking hilarious. I
1: think it's funny. I've had times where I've either cried over it or left and been like, this is the most ridiculous thing where she hands me the ice cream cone. And I was out getting ice cream with my friend the other night and she handed it to me. And I was like, actually, can you take it back? And I gave it back to her and I was like, now I want to pay you.
0: (laughs) So what was the times, what were the times where, it was frustrating, crying when you still had your arm. That that was. I'm curious to the things that got you to the decision to 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 remove your arm.
1: So actually, the process of just being able to do it because it's something that surgeons don't like to do. They don't want to do. And I had so many surgeons who said to me, "Well, some people just need to learn to live with what they've got," which I really hated that response um, because, of course, there's risks associated with any surgery. You know, well, are there? I mean. You I know, mean, I know when that you go,
0: said one of the things I'm sorry I move around a lot one yeah, of the things right. that um, one of the things you talked about was oh yeah this is a really big fucking surgery and there are complications and, it, and I'm not out of the woods and
1: yeah like a big I mean a big consequence that you know I've experienced is the phantom pain which was has brought me two tears after it was January was a really hard month because it's something that no one really knows how to treat um, because it's there and when I had it Now I have a phantom sensation, like I can feel the arm, but it's not necessarily painful. But when I had it in January, it was like I really felt that the arm was there and it felt like it was covered in raw blisters being rubbed on concrete at all times um, or stabbed or just like someone was like slicing across it or like taking a cheese grater. It's like all these horrible things um, that you would feel so intensely. So, I mean, I guess like things like that are consequences, Um, but I still don't regret it because I feel so much freer. I mean, I can move like this. Um, I've had a hard time adjusting a little bit. I think just because I'm tired uh, because I had the surgery and I like to undertake all the big things at once. So I decided to move within the three months that I had it out of state. Um, So, but like, yeah, a lot of the things that really brought me to tears before was like, I want to get rid of this so badly. Um, And, like that was a fight on its own to find At what point did you
0: realize you wanted to get rid of your arm
1: um i started to think about it maybe
0: four years in four four years after the accident
1: yeah like actually maybe a little bit after when i once i joined the paralympics i'd say because i was surrounded by all sorts of people with different disabilities um i got a lot more comfortable with the idea of an amputation because i was surrounded by amputees um i would go up to the olympic training center since that's in colorado springs and i would swim with them. So it became a lot more of a comfortable idea because it's such a foreign concept that sometimes it seems like something like, oh my gosh, I could never do this. Um, and I started to see how functional they were. And, um, with, you know, and I mean, they were amputees for various reasons. Um, and I was like, I feel like I would be a lot more functional without this dead weight. Um, because I was seeing that, They could train in the gym, you know, like do resistance bands or have a prosthesis that could help them hold on to something to lift weights, Um, which like my arms are like noodles because I never trained my arms a whole lot. My legs were always my powerhouse. I'd say like once I was swimming at the Paralympics was a big turning point for me to start making that decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you come out, you come out saying I'm ready, but then doctors are saying no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There was a lot of no's. Um, and I was actually shocked when I found the cert, like I was going to do it at, um, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to name the hospital because I don't know, but it was a horrible experience there, um, at one of the hospitals in Colorado where they said, yes, we're going to do it. And like the surgeon who was going to do it was like, yes, I completely understand. You've done your research because I'd met with prosthetists before to understand what my options would be after, um, and he was like, "Yeah, you have a completely sound mind. Yes, we'll do it." And then after that, I would get—I got a call, and he said, and they said, "Actually, no." And then after that, we went back it's on a, it.
0: They—they—they they, they test your mind to see if you're not crazy.
1: It was—it was horrible. Like then they said no, and then they said, "We want to send you into therapy." And I remember once when they said no, I broke down crying because I was—you uh, know—they had said yes yeah. and then no and yes and no, and. um that surgeon sent me in that day for counseling for body dysmorphia which i thought was just a horrible attack because that's not why i was crying it was just it plays with you
0: body dysmorphia
1: yeah they sent me in that day i cried and he sent me in to see a therapist to see if i was stable and um if uh, i was experiencing body dysmorphia if that's the reason i wanted to cut off my arm like that, I felt that aesthetically, I would look better without it's, my arm.
0: It's I, this is going to sound very naive. I'm, I'm not, there's no, there's no politics involved in this. No. It sounds like it's been pretty easy for kids to transition. Like and but yet you're having a hard time simply removing a part of you that does not work.
1: Yeah, that that was something that I think was so. But that's really interesting that you bring up that concept because it's something that I said privately like to my my mother who has been there for me so hard throughout this process and like you know people can make decisions about their body um to transition and I have a very functional reason that I'm also asking I'm not saying hi I think I would just look better without this arm could you please get rid of were it were there
0: doctors saying that you like no no you're it works
1: they were just like you know what you're stable the way you are you're because they would see me and i was i learned to function really well with one arm i mean i live alone and i can do my hair i'm dying
0: to know what it was like to talk to you before your arm was removed because in all the pictures it's it's kind of just there in your lap but you are extremely animated with your arm like you are as i'm talking (laughs) to you do you feel like that a part of your personality is allowed to come back out again now that you can move your arm around?
1: Yeah, so much, uh, so much. I feel so much freer taking pictures. Like, I was always trying to hide it sometimes in pictures because I feel like I didn't know what to do with it. And, like, now if I take pictures, I'm like, I can have both my arms up in the air. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, because you couldn't before.
1: Yeah, it feels, it's so much easier to put T-shirts on. Um, I can, like, uh, like, sometimes if I do my hair up with, like, a clip, I can reach back and like hold my hair in place and I could never do that before. Um, so I think that's so, I like think that's so freeing.
0: So, so then the doctor sends you in for body dysmorphia. You're, cons- you're talking with your mom about this. And uh, what was a point? You were like, I give up. I guess I got to keep my arm.
1: I was so determined. I was like, I feel so unhappy with this arm that I need to not, live with it and like I need to I was like I was like there will be no other way. Um yeah like um I was absolutely like there will be no other way and um I vented a lot too. I met like Diane Neal who used to play on Law and Order and we became really good friends and she was That was an
0: interesting text when you were like, Hey (laughs) Diane Neal might be coming with me. I was like bring her.
1: Yeah she'll open
0: a bottle of white wine, let's chat (laughs)
1: She couldn't make it at the very last minute because she had something come up. Um, and, but like, up until the last minute, like, she was gonna come. And, but we're such good friends. She lives across the street from me and she has been a rock for me. And it's just so interesting how we met. And, um, how'd you meet? Um, we, I was interested in her story. And since I write, I just reached out to her and said like, Hey, I want to know a little bit more about your story. I really don't have a story in mind. I'm really just interested in you as a person. Um, and just
0: her path in acting.
1: Yeah. And just, um, like things that she's gone through in her life. Um, and with like, you know, she's experienced different situations that I don't know if I want to bring up. Yeah. But like,
0: it's not public. It's not, I mean, some of
1: the things were public. Um, and I was just interested in her story and, um, i reached out and i think we immediately just clicked and i felt very comfortable and i like randomly told her about my arm and um like now we've known each other for like a year but i feel like i've known her forever yeah it's so interesting but so i talked to her a lot and i was like diane like there will be no other way like there can't
0: and put a picture of diane Neal just so that anyone can put a face to a, a name keep going i'm so sorry
1: no um but yeah so I was just really determined, and then eventually I found a sir. I made an appointment. Um, because COVID was happening, so then after that,
0: oh shit! Now then, COVID this, kicks in, and you're like,
1: that was another reason, that a big reason for them saying no. Um, so the, the hospital who had said yes, no, then they said yes, and then they said no with no explanation, and then after that, that surgeon said, I mean, try a private practice. They might be able to do it because they have less restrictions because of COVID. So I made an appointment at this place and someone who used to swim with me in college reached out to me on Instagram and said, hey, I saw you were on our books. I'm his assistant. Um, Oh, nice. And I was like, what a small world. And I went in there and it was a great vibe. And the surgeon, I felt like he was on the same page. And he said, yeah, we can schedule you next week. And I was just like.
0: What? (laughs) So then, so all of a sudden, it's like, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but like I analogize it to this. This is a moron analogy but every guy wants to go to a bar to get laid in college. But any guy who gets there and a girl walks up within 15 minutes and goes, let's go to your place right now. Every guy's like, fuck this. I'm not, that's not what I was looking for. (laughs) So like, was there, was there an analogy? Was there a moment where you're like, oh shit next week?
1: No, I was so happy that like, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to show too much happiness because I don't want him to think that this isn't normal. It was such a crazy balance to find because if I would act, too sad they would think i was too emotional if i was too put together so now you have to now you're forced to
0: hide your real feelings because yeah of the way the fucking world i feel like that when i drink on an airplane like when i <laughs> drink on an airplane i go i want to listen to music and cry but i'm not like <laughs> if i'm not it fucking i know what you're i know the feeling yeah yeah you're like i have to control it but this is how i feel well i'm watching this movie with the rock uh walking tall and i'm sobbing crying and she thinks it's because I'm drunk. I'm like, it's a good fucking movie. It's a you good movie. A good like, movie. oh, I know I got to wear sunglasses when I cry. <laughs> I like crying a lot lately.
1: I can relate to that. I've had a lot of that after my arm, and I don't quite understand the emotion, where it's coming from, because I'm so elated that this is done, you know? I'm not, like, crying because I lost my arm or uh, things like that, but maybe it's just a lot of emotions. Yeah. But, um, yeah, when he said, okay, next week, I was actually supposed to go stay at Diane's house and watch her cat over Thanksgiving so I was like I was so hesitant to do this but I was like can we do it after Thanksgiving and they were like no problem so they put me on the books for December 2nd and I got COVID over Thanksgiving while I was staying at Diane's house
0: um
1: yeah I couldn't believe it I was like more I was like so crushed um the omicron? yeah no i lost like i think i got the original variant because i lost all my taste and smell really yeah which i heard people weren't experiencing with omicron
0: you're like uh old hat baby i lost the feeling of my arm i don't think i can deal with some not smelling <laughs> shit
1: it was weird honestly i did not enjoy <laughs> that i did you get it back i did get it back but it's st- there's something that stayed i get this weird bitter metallic taste with a lot of things that like i used to love it's actually like, like a lot um, like I don't know, like a lot of carbs.
0: Oh, Jesus. I like pe-
1: I like pizza. I um, love pizza. I could eat pizza all day every day.
0: I have I have a problem with pizza. Like me I, too. if it's in the if it's in our fridge, I will just eat it.
1: Y- yeah, me and, too And I lie to
0: myself. I'll put one piece in the in the microwave and I'll put the bag out on the uh, like you know the Ziploc bag of pizza on the counter and be like I'm just gonna have one piece. I'll put that back. But then I know full well
1: you're gonna annihilate it. Oh,
0: I murdered. I murdered half a pizza last night before we got tacos I have tacos in there I'm excited about eating tacos today like I want I pizza
1: pro- like I'm like now I want pizza I always want pizza like i'm a smallish i'm like not a big person and like
0: your literally... shoes are deceptive because when, when you walked in I was like I was like she's taller than i thought <laughs> but i've watched you i watched you have your you had a pair of shoes that you like got ready to for your after surgery shoes was that was
1: those? it um was it like was it these or was it my converse
0: it was i think it was converse it
1: was those white converse with chunky soles
0: yes yeah i think so my yeah i would love
1: them oh they're so cool but yeah no like i had a lot of like taste for things that got weird um it's yeah a lot of vegetables taste really weird yeah, there was too, yeah. thank god pizza stayed okay but like a lot of the carbs did not stay okay for me but like yeah it's very strange so that's what i stayed with covid but while i had covid i just really had like that time to freak out before my surgery Mm -hmm. alone um and that's when i put the article together and they only pushed my surgery a week a week so it turned out being okay
0: and so how was how was the reception to the article um because you talked about the negative feedback you got from people of like you know you should really consider
1: People innately always have an opinion. You know like how you were saying like, "Oh, I want to comment on things." And I think it's just human nature. I think it's natural. So like, I wasn't necessarily always mad when people would because but I think when you tell people one-on-one, they feel the need to put an opinion in instead of just supporting you. Um and I'm like, "You don't have to support it at that point. Maybe just don't say anything. But if you want to support it, support it. But you don't necessarily have to put an opinion in." But I think people always felt that they had to or they would be like, "So, what about your tattoo like what do you where's it gonna go and i was gonna be cut off um you,
0: you had to do on that side
1: yeah i had it was my first one um it had it was a, it's Lotus, a great way
0: to get rid of one though
1: right just, <laughs>
0: just you know No, I, you should tell people that what happened to your arm oh i had this tattoo. i was not a fan of and i just was like I don't. I'm not i'm not gonna cover it up i just get rid of it i've arm.
1: been like telling people that i was on tiger king
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that girl got that girl lost her arm in tiger king I started thinking about that Bethany Hamilton. You know who that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Of course you do. I'm, I'm assuming you'd know it.
1: She's just such a. You know, she's just been leading the the charge in wanting to advocate for also a, like amputees and disabilities too. So uh,
0: she is a world class surfer. Not, not. I mean, not withstand withholding anything. She is a world class surfer. Yeah. She is a world class surfer with when she had two arms and with one arm. She is a world class yeah. surfer.
1: Yeah. She just. Stuck to it, she got it done. It's like
0: you should. Uh, you, you, have you? Do you know her?
1: I've never spoken to her, and I think I would love to because she just. You have to. You, you
0: have to go surfing with her. Yeah, she I has mean, to teach you how to surf. You're a big water person, right? Let's set this up. Can anyone? If anyone, I know a few people who might know her.
1: Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Uh,
0: if anyone's listening to the podcast that knows Bethany Hamilton, let's set this up. And I know a couple people that may know her, um, but that would be great. That would be great to... i would
1: love to be able to meet her because um i really want to do more writing and also be a part of this generation of people who are leading a new voice for the disability community and she's just a pioneer in it So She's a meet hardcore her, pioneer yeah because i mean i feel like this is a movement that's really started to spiral a little bit in the last couple of years as other social issues arise as well yeah and um so like having a voice who's like one of the first voices in that and who has been so strong and leading that charge and who is stuck to what she believes in for herself you know is stuck to her sport it would be just incredible
0: all right uh i'll, I'll make that a personal goal of mine <laughs> to make sure i can I, I know i'm pretty sure i could probably set it up i appreciate um, it <laughs> but uh and i and i think she is a I, I watched a documentary on her. Did you watch a documentary on her?
1: Um, I've seen, I've seen like the movie that they did, but I heard that they just did a documentary it's called really Unstoppable, it's which really fucking yeah, great. That's on my list of things to watch because, uh, you know, she's incredible. She's a great voice. She's
0: a Mom, she's got a bunch of kids. She's got a good-looking husband. This fucking lady's got it dialed in.
1: Yeah, she does. Um, and I just, I, I love it. I think, um. Like a big. Aaron
0: Ralston. Do you know who Aaron Ralston is? Yes. Aaron Ralston. Yes. You want to go rock climbing with Aaron Ralston?
1: I do not. I'm very afraid of heights.
0: I can set that up. I will.
1: I will, emotionally support him while he goes rock climbing.
0: No. Here's the deal. (laughs) Here's what I see for you. I think you. Uh. I'm. I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of the name of the show first. But I would love for you to do go and meet people with disabilities that are excelling at the highest rate at the highest level and them to and great bring you in because you are a paralympic swimmer uh and so it's like almost like you're like Aaron Ralston I I can I can definitely set up Aaron Ralston It would be something. so cool
1: to go around and join people in their activities He's in Colorado. You know? He's
0: in Boulder actually.
1: He is. Yeah. Really? I mean yeah. I, that doesn't surprise me if he's a climber, you know, that's you know people are so outdoorsy there. Um that wouldn't surprise me. It would be really I mean, I've always been like, I want to try indoor rock climbing.
0: Did you move when did you move to New York? Uh
1: like three weeks ago.
0: Sweet. So were you in then. Denver this whole time? Yeah. Holy shit. Are you serious?
1: Yeah, I just I had my surgery in Denver, like and and then after that I it was actually very stressful because I was packing up my apartment as I was recovering and I needed to be out because, you know, my lease was ending and then my new lease was starting. Oh, Jesus. I stayed my with God. my mom for a bit in between. Um and, but it was, I would not recommend getting a huge surgery or a limb chopped off and then moving in like the two to three months that follow.
0: I think, I think that's, I think I, I can probably concur with that.
1: I've been like pulling my <laughs> hair out with just, I mean, I just finished unpacking my boxes five days ago. And then my best friend came to stay because it was my birthday and she's staying with my dog while I'm here. Um, it's been a lot. Well,
0: I'm going to, I'm, I'm in New York, I think Wednesday really i'm in new- i'm in new york next week and then the week after and then i think the week all- after that also um
1: are you doing so a show i'm
0: doing shows oh my gosh i would love to come to your show i would love to have you at my show um if i'm gonna do good. i'm gonna do i'm doing you yeah, know of course uh, <laughs> i'm doing a show in i think in brooklyn
1: oh you're pretty close then I'm i'm in the financial district um so i'm way downtown
0: king's theater yeah. King's Theater. I'm at King's Theater, so I'd love to have you come and and please bring Diane and
1: Diane would. You, uh, you can love. bring
0: whoever you want. I'll, I'll comp as many tickets as you want. Oh, thank you. Um, it's gonna be you, Cameron, and Jim Jones. You follow hip hop at all? I do not. Well, uh, you better start listening. Okay. Cameron and Jim Jones. I think you're
1: gonna have to DM me all these names because there's so many. Nikki Glaser, and now Nikki you're telling Glazer, me all the names.
0: Taylor Tomlinson. Uh, these are the people I need to introduce you to. Okay, Whitney I've heard Cummins. of Taylor Tomlinson. You know Taylor Tomlinson? Whitney
1: seems amazing. I follow Whitney. She seems so cool.
0: She is. <laughs> she is fucking cool. <laughs>
1: I would like Whitney seems awesome. Like yeah. just unrestrained. Um
0: <laughs> Oh, Whitney is unrestrained. Yeah. Yeah, we've done we've done some 5-hour podcasts with Whitney where we're like, uh oh, don't worry, we're, we're going to edit 3 hours out of that.
1: I really like being an honest person. I'm I'm very I'm honest to a fault. Um and like I just honest to a fault, so I try to, I'm trying to rein it in a little bit. No, today. stay,
0: stay. Look, if Whitney's honest to a legit fault.
1: I'm I'm terrible. Like, <laughs> I I mean, you know, it Wh- could, I wouldn't
0: even say to a fault. That's a bad way to represent no. it. I love Whitney's honesty. Being honest
1: is great. I
0: love Whitney's honesty. Whitney's got Whitney is uh one of my one of my favorite people because she's just fucking real. Like I I don't know. I love her. I love her to death. But um yeah you, you, you Whitney Taylor Nikki uh Aaron Ralston Jim Jones this is the list of people by the way what a fucking bizarre boss of people this would be um but yeah well I'll have you in Brooklyn we'll have a good time oh my gosh I'll, that would I'll, be I'll so get cool. pizza for backstage
1: oh great I'll be there <laughs> I'm there then
0: <laughs> do you drink uh, yes <laughs> you go oh yeah
1: oh um, I'm a very lightweight though I'm a they made me like my my graduating shot glass from the swim team was one and done because that's me. Um, that is really, really me. Um, if I have two drinks, I'm like, woo! <laughs> the first time I drank it in college, the very first time I got drunk off of one mimosa and then I went to a house party and told everyone I was a mermaid. Really? Yeah, that was my first time getting drunk.
0: <laughs> that's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that much of a lightweight. I, I, it takes a couple for me. I put on, I put it, I threw a bottle of wine back last night and smoked a blunt.
1: If I did that, I I wouldn't even be here today.
0: This podcast is sponsored to you by Roback. If you're first hearing of Roback right now, get ready. You're about to be flooded. These are the most comfortable hoodies. They've got hoodies. They've got uh, Q-zips. They've got polos. We had a box of Roback. I was first introduced to Roback by Barstool. I went over to Barstool. Uh, it was in New York. I needed a hoodie and I think Big Cat gave me one. I, I want to say it was Big Cat. He was like, hey, man, you have Roback? rowback? My, and I, I had had a box of Roback delivered to my house. I, I Okay, I threw on the Roback. I was fucking comfortable the entire day. You can see me. I'm wearing it all, all the podcast. I think it's gray, maybe white. Anyway, I come back. We go to a lacrosse game. I have a rowback box in the back of my truck. They're a podcast sponsor. The lacrosse game's cold. I pull out the performance hoodie. I give it to my dad. I take uh, the Q-zip, which are incredible incredibly comfortable great for like a run or if you want to go out on a date night uh everyone's fucking outed on rowback. my dad then steals the box and takes their performance polos if you're not a polo guy these are the polos for you they're fucking uh, let me tell you exactly they're the only polos that i i wear even if you're not a polo guy these polos are made to make polos look cool the material is amazing the prints are fucking on fire and the fit is unbeatable i'm telling you right now you are going to hear about Roback. Chris DiStefano is the guest host on Two Bears in a couple of weeks. He's wearing a Roback. And what's cool is you see their subtle design of a Rhodesian Ridgeback, which is one of the baddest fucking dogs on the planet, apart from Bull Mastiffs. And you know, like I saw it and I was like, oh, Roback, cool. You'll see the design. They're, I'm telling you, get on Roback now. Fucking insanely comfortable. I love, I love my Roback. And my dad now is buying them for himself. He's using my promo code. So do yourself a favor. Use the promo code machine on rowback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off your first order on all polos, Q-Zips, and hoodies, and tees with the code machine just in time for the warm weather. I want to spell it for you. r h o b a c k and you'll recognize the badass dog on your shoulder. I've been smoking a <laughs> lot of blunts lately, and I'm thinking about bringing some to on tour with us. I really enjoy smoking a blunt and, and just enjoying it, like letting it burn out and then relighting it.
1: So is it just like the experience that just feels good? It's
0: the smell. Here, do you, do you smoke marijuana? I do not. I'm not going to light one. I'm just going to let you smoke. You can it. light it.
1: I'm not like no. a person who cares if people smoke it around me. I just feel like I don't feel great on it. Um, so, also, they would test us with swimming, so I didn't.
0: Yeah, I would have came on my glasses. I think this is a joint. I think this is a joint. This is from El Blunto. These are my favorite blunts. I'd want to open one of these, but I'm afraid I break the seal. They smell If
1: fucking... you break the seal, does it change well, it, the it, potency when no, you smoke no, no. it? Just It's just,
0: uh, I, I wish I had a cheap one. These are really high-end blunts that El yeah. Blunto gave me. They're all covered in like keef and stuff. Here's mushrooms. I thought about microdosing mushrooms.
1: I've never done that before, ever.
0: Uh, Andy Frasco from Denver. Do you know who Andy Frasco is? Mm-mm. He's from Denver. He's a musician. He left mushrooms here. And uh, one day when I'm, I'm thinking about taking mushrooms a lot lately because I'm afraid of death so and I I like really afraid of death and uh but I think once again we're going back to Bert that that void I'm finding in myself right now I think it's it's a fear of death I think it's and and then that's why my lifestyle is what
1: about it are you fearful of if I'm allowed to ask
0: no you're allowed to ask I don't I can't believe you need to ask yeah it's the like no I mean no but like everyone keeps partying and I gotta stop
1: yeah you just don't like you're no but like you know some people are afraid of like does the life continue, or is it more like I'm enjoying my life so much that I don't want it to stop?
0: Oh, I'm enjoying my life so much I don't want it to stop. That I mean, that's number one. I'm I'm really in, I'm really really insanely happy. Like I'm mean, I was saying to my wife, it's interesting because I can't. The happiest I've ever been was the brokest we ever were. I remember. I remember one time I, I was uh, on a TV show and I had a nice car. I had like really nice car and I had a Jason Williams jersey on and, and it was winter. Winter in Los Angeles is really great. It's windy. It's kind of a little bit like today, windy and it feels clean and fresh. Yeah. And uh, and I was driving around and I was on Franklin over by Vine and I was like and I had everything. I had TV shows and I had everything you'd ever want and i thought and i was dating a chick and i was like i'm not i was like is this it like it just feels like eh. i was like i got everything i got all the things you're supposed to want but it doesn't feel very good like if it doesn't feel like it should i should be in a very good mood and i'm in an okay mood but it's not better than i've ever felt i felt better
1: were you setting the bar very high for yourself so you were looking for more
0: I, I've i set the bar as high as I ever could for myself every single moment. I find of myself photo. doing that a
1: lot too, so that's why I ask.
0: You know, I, I am a hard, high bar setter. I want everything to be spilling out of my mouth. I want it to be, I want everything to be overwhelming me. I want, if it's great, I want it to be better, everything. And then one day I was, I was, we were broke. We were living in an apartment building that my wife was, managing that's how we paid our rent i was not touring a great deal we had two girls i hadn't started headlining yet which was like it's like a really weird place to be in because so i'd done television but it all all the money had gone away um and my wife asked me to go get milk and i went and i got i know i've told the story before and i'm sure but i went and got a um a tall boys like a foster's mm-hmm. oil can and a, and a and a gallon of milk, and I was on my skateboard, and I think I was listening to like, I think I was listening to uh, to uh, Spoon, mm-hmm. and I was skateboarding, and my wife saw me skateboarding down our street. It was probably like ten o'clock at night, and I remember thinking, "This is the happiest I've ever been." And we were, and I, I mean, we were scraping money together to get milk and a Tall Boy, and I remember buying the Tall Boy, going like, oh, "I shouldn't, I shouldn't buy this," but. Okay, it's it's a beautiful night and I was in such a great mood.
1: You can find such happiness in these moments and these small things though. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: And my wife said to me she she saw me skateboarding down the street and I was just kind of like swerving and smiling and singing. And I and I, I those times other than right now at that point life got really fucking happy. Yeah. And and the path I've been on I am ecstatic the difference is i was really happy broke and doing nothing like i did in a weird way i've gotten this ambition about me that i that i don't know where i don't i don't it wasn't it's not authentic to me like it's not like i'm not the most ambitious guy but nowadays i have this ambition of of working and and providing and doing more and um adversely my compa- my my compa- i'm much more compassionate yeah, I I never had that before. I n- I've never.
1: Do you feel like your happiness has gone uphill from there too? Like yeah, just from that moment. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been on a nice path. I mean, there's been That's times good. that it's been down. There's always times. But like I've i I've I've gotten my my friend groups really tight. Yeah. And I trust. That's I, so I,
1: important. I think having a good friend group is really important. I left that behind in Denver. So.
0: so wait, do you have any? Do you have any? Like, what's your your group of friends look like in New York?
1: No one. I don't know any. I mean, Di- I know Diane, like yeah. who lives across the street from me and I don't know. She's such a cool friend. Um, She's great. I like like just I don't know. She just feels like a sister. Um, I'm trying and, to think
0: if I know anyone your yeah. age that lives in New York. Yeah, my, my best friend
1: just came out to see me. So I haven't really been alone yet. Um, But I had my friend group in Denver because uh, four of us, we all lived in the same neighborhood. It was my best friend Zoe. We're Zoe and Chloe and her sister and um our other friend um we all lived close and so we were like a tight-knit group of four girls you know and that we, was really me and nice. you
0: could solve mysteries uh chloe and doughy
1: <laughs> chloe and doughy <Doey>. and...
0: <laughs> <laughs> the uh so so then so you're brand new to new york now yeah i don't think i realized that
1: yeah no i'm brand new um like i think i just wanted to like make that switch like i think i made a lot of hard switches like i know it's where i needed to be it's where i wanted to be for writing um, yeah I think the connections are a lot better there. Um, All my work is remote. So I'm like, it's a move that I was ready to make. And, you know, I was Denver was comfortable. It was comfortable. But I think sometimes you need to be uncomfortable. And I just did two really uncomfortable things at once.
0: You Um, really did. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that pays off, though.
1: I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping that this big leap is just something that I like needed to hustle and do and that I need to be strong and stay through. And, you know, now I'm getting back to work and um i'm excited because i'm working on a few articles for limb loss awareness month next month um which is exciting um and i'm just getting back to it and i do love that city so much like i love new york it feels i love people there i think people are great um so you know i'm pretty social i'm confident that i'm going to make friends but i'm gonna have to get out of my comfort zone
0: certain you're gonna make friends you're uh yeah, yeah i'm certain you're gonna make friends that's part of new york it's making friends and people are very friends. social
1: there. Like, I think they're so kind. Um, I always have this, you know, you see people who tell you "Oh, New Yorkers are always hustling. Like they're they're They can be aggressive. I have never met such kindness. I think they're so nice. Uh, you can talk to anyone. I've gotten lost on the subway, like about only 150 times so far. And every time I, I feel so proud now when I do something right on it though, and I actually make it to my destination on time or when I want to, I'm like, You are so good.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a thing. When I moved to New York, we called it Mary Tyler Moore syndrome, Mm -hmm. where you you get to a place where you start succeeding using the city, where you're like, like for me, I had to start, I started with buses. Like, I know that sounds so silly, but being underground, I felt like I wasn't learning the city. Yeah. So like, so like I started on buses and it was the bus, I forget the bus line, but it went up Third Avenue. Mm -hmm. And so I could figure out uh, I figured out like uh, like the 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 East Village, the Lower East Side, um, I've, whatever it is, right above. The,
1: the geography yeah, so something to figure out. Yeah, yeah, know? and
0: then and then and then and then I'm when I moved over to the West Village, I learned the the A, C, and E line, mm-hmm. and and then now when I'm there, I only, I walk, I walk everywhere, I, I I I either walk or it's a car service. I cannot. I love walking in New York. I love it. I love walking. I make that my workout and I walk yeah. like uh like I'll I'll I enjoy it so much. And uh usually last time I was there I stayed in my bus, but I always stay in Soho. Soho's my favorite place in the world.
1: I love Soho. It's I so love, cool. Well you
0: gotta come out. We gotta take you out drinking. And I, you know what I gotta do is <laughs> I would know, love is, that. Well, I'll take you out drinking, I'll bring you up to the comedy cellar and introduce you to some comics. And comics aren't the best people, but but they're really interesting people. And I think you're an interesting person. As a writer, I think they're good people to know. And I
1: would love to. I think that's a world that I've I've been jonesing to be a part of because I think it's very interesting. And I think that comics are very interesting people. Um, and they share their stories in a very interesting way, which is kind of shares a path with writing. 28, very much.
0: 29, and 30, I'm in New York. Okay. We'll be going out at night and doing fun stuff at night. And, uh, and I will just text you every night. And if you want to come out with us any night, if we go out to dinner, it'll be a group of us. So it's not, it'll be uh, probably my assistant, Peter, who I wish you had met. Uh, he's, when when does Peter get here? Do you know? My assistant, Peter, I you've got to fucking meet Peter. Um, he's your age. Uh, and he and he is the greatest dude in the world. He's lots of fun. And Italian. And Italian. Really? Yeah, and he's just a very sweet guy. That's He's amazing. a very sweet guy. So yeah, so we'll text you every night. And any night you want to come out with us.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing. We'll is, take you along. It's okay if I bring along my best friend. She's of, staying with me until yeah, the- Yeah, 100%. Actually, wait, uh, when are you going to be in town, you said?
0: 28, 29, 30. And then I'm, and then I'm in town, oh. 31, 32. But, uh,
1: She's actually going to just be gone, so
0: yeah. Okay. Well, we'll when we get in town, yeah. I think, I don't know where, I th- I don't know where, I th- I think we're staying. In Soho, that's where I usually stay. But it's, um,
1: easy. it's like super easy to get there from where I am. Um, yeah, because I'm way downtown. I'm in the and we'll financial take out, We'll take you
0: out and introduce you to some comics and some just introduce you to people that are your age that yeah are fun. And that would be a blast. Yeah, because you're new to the city. That's what people should do.
1: Oh, I would really appreciate that. I'm like very touched that you would do that. Because no, of
0: course. Well, I you know I feel I feel like I know you very well because I've been watching your journey online and uh, and and I and like I said I feel privileged to be one of the people to share it that's one of the cooler things about Instagram is is following following stuff is like my buddy Jay Larson put in an outdoor shower this weekend and I enjoyed watching him do that I enjoyed
1: social media can be very toxic but I think it can be so positive you know because like you have of course the part that's toxic which I think I'm trying to just choose to not let it affect me because I think that for me the positivity that's come out of it is greater. Yeah. Um, like I got some crazy DMs from that article. I had some people ask me if I would donate my arm to them. Believe it or not, that was like multiple DMs of people asking me. And then after that, I even had one who DMed me and went to my website um to send me an email and be like, hey. And then after that, I like it because they like end it and they like we realize this is a strange request. And I was like, I'm glad you realized that (laughs) I was like, how would you even set that up? Like I would go to my surgeon and be like, hey, so I want to set this up because these people want my arm. So what happened to the arm? I I disposed of properly along with medical waste, which means zero like it's burned.
0: Yeah, that is crazy. I don't, I I, would, I am a kind of person that would have wanted to keep it.
1: I'm not because I really don't like the human body. It, it grosses me out. I hate that stuff. I didn't look at my scar for so long. I still don't like to touch it very much because um, like I just don't. Is like... there another
0: scar under there?
1: Yeah, they did a procedure called TMR, which is supposed to help with the phantom pain, where they uh, basically take the nerves and they that are instead of just severing the nerves, right? They take them and tell me from grossing you out. To the no, point no,
0: no, 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 no. I, I but... can I tell you that. Uh, it soothes me. It soothes me to look at your arm because when How's I was it? when I was a little boy, there was a girl who had lost her arm, and uh, and and they had they had, and I think about this a lot. And they had, um, do you ever see like the end of like a a a, a of like a liverwurst package mm-hmm. where it's like it's got it's got like a, a steel thing on it? Yeah, so, like it, she had a steel thing on it, and I remember seeing it and going like oh and so I, when i started following you i was like That's i wanted crazy. to see what they did it, so i've been looking at your scar and it's kind of soothing
1: i made a TikTok of how i put on my compression sleeve by I myself watched, i watched <laughs> i had so many people who commented oh it looks like the sausage rolls at the at the store like once the compression sleeve is on it because i don't know there's a little oh, twisty. yeah yeah so when you said that i was like i know exactly what you mean
0: i remember seeing that as a little boy and being like whoa and I wondered, is that what, do they put like a, a steel pin to like, I didn't I didn't know how they I did it. I think
1: it differs per person. She might've had a pin that well, would have was like was also fucking 40 her. years ago. Yeah. So, so, you know, maybe the technologies are different. I don't know if it like allowed her to wear a prosthesis sometimes that would hook onto it or something. So will you,
0: can you get a prosthesis?
1: Yeah. So my uh, prosthetist is working on it. I was actually supposed to have it before I moved. Um, I was pretty frustrated that I didn't, but um, it didn't quite get finished. Some things went wrong. Um, they sent him. So I didn't want he wanted to put a hook on it because we were making a very basic prosthesis for the first one so that I could just have something that's like I can wear in the gym and things. But I really didn't want the hook because I didn't like it. And I got a lot of Captain Hook comments on social media, which I let those affect me and I didn't love it. Um, So I told him there's got to be an alternative to a hook for just a hand for like a body powered hand. And he was like, okay. and he found the hand and they sent him the child size hand. And I have pretty large hands also. So, like, large hands. And also, That's I wanted it. It was hilarious. I have a picture of it. Like, I'll show you after this on my phone. I put it in my hand. It was like, it fit like in the palm of my hand. It was so small. And they sent him. I said they have one that just has a black sleeve on it. And since my prosthesis, I picked like colors that have some black in it. I was like, I just want the hand to be black because I didn't want to have like colors and then a black arm and then a different colored harness and then a weird what that whatever they call skin tone hand, a cosmetic hand. Um, but they sent him the cosmetic color, which I'm sorry, but if anyone's skin is that color, I'm like, are you okay? Uh, It was like greenish. Like it was like green. And I was like, what is this? Um so that was one of the things that went wrong with it. That was just like one.
0: So so what's so then I'm I'm curious what happens to, to Chloe Toscano. Like I'm wondering. So you'll get a prosthesis, and then what do what do you want to do? What's what's your goal? Like what meaning? Not just with your body, meaning with your life. Like what do you want to write? I, I would assume you'd write a book about. This. I'd love
1: to write a book. Um. So I want to. I, I accidentally fell into the journalism niche, um, and I love it. So I think it's a great way to get just quick ideas down. You know, article writing is just a a great way to quickly connect with sources. So that's something I really want to grow in. Um, And writing about some broader issues as well that just um, surround disability but aren't just focused on what I've experienced. Um, So that's something I'd like to grow. I really want to write a book. Um, I've had a lot of people say like, Are you going to write a memoir? Like, I'd love to read the story. And I don't know that I really want to do that because I'd like the story to be a little bit more farther reaching. Um,
0: If I may, mm -hmm. I know that I am more than the guy that tore his his tricep. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a bigger person than just one. I'll tell you a perfect example is, uh, I don't even want to talk about it because there's certain things about my life that people highlight that I go, I I, th- I think I'm more than that. And yeah. and sometimes people wanna wanna go, but yeah, you're that that's who you are, right? And yeah. you're like, I think I've earned the right to You don't want me. to
1: sequester yourself and box yourself into that space, you know? Yeah. And I think like the moment on that I would write, if I would write just a book about my experience, I would be like that girl who made her life about her arm. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong about like it's, going, it's not Bethany Hamilton. Yeah. No, there's it's nothing not Bethany wrong. Hamilton.
0: Bethany Hamilton lost her arm. This
1: has guided my path no matter what. Like yeah. That you know, so like that, I own. But like, I would really uh like to write a book. I know this is really weird, and I've never said this, but I made up a character, a fiction character, in my head when I was in the first grade, and um, she's really helped me in my life because I always told myself, if I've always made her life a little bit harder whenever I've been going through something difficult, I've put her in a situation where she's going through something that I feel would be a little bit harder, um, and. I feel like as long as she's there and she keeps growing and she has to keep growing as long as I'm here too. Um,
0: Wow. This is fascinating. And
1: so I think that like when I was going through my amputation, I was really tested when I was struggling to find someone to do the amputation. And I was like, am I going to live with this arm forever? But I put her in a situation where I feel like it got a little bit harder for her and I let her thrive. And I told myself as long as she's here and as long as she's making it, I can do it because I want to say that like she's like everything I want to be, and so that's like an it's amazing that's character. an amazing
0: way to cope is and to deal with life.
1: So I'd like to write a book about her story, and I don't know how I would frame it exactly. It's an idea that I'm really brilliant. throwing around in my head.
0: That's brilliant because it's brilliant. I, I think that's brilliant. There's so many ways to approach it, but I love the story of a of a almost. You're writing a memoir of your, for your imaginary friend. Yeah. Like that and that sounds like nothing.
1: Her life has always run parallel to mine, right? And like she's grown with me. When I was in the first grade, she was my age and she's really just grown with me. Um, And
0: that's really, that's really creative. I like it's that a helped
1: lot. and like, I it's like really helped. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, like
0: that a lot. I like that a lot. It's an I idea like that, that I'm
1: working on drafting right now to get an outline. Oh, I like
0: that a lot. I like that a lot. Especially if I, I like that it's a biography about your. I imagine friends the wrong way to say it, but technically it's you're doing a biography and it would be very fascinating written from the perspective of Chloe about this friend of yours who is your life has been tough and you've, you've dealt with things and, but it's always been tougher for her. I think it
1: can make it bigger and um, maybe like explore a different coping mechanism for anyone who's not necessarily just going through this. Um, and I think that it could be a little bit more far-reaching. I know that sometimes when you have a big story and then you turn it into a fiction, it can take power away from it. But mm-hmm. I think that in this case, I'd like it to be m- allow fiction into it to make it more far-reaching. So that's an idea that I've played around with. And I think that it's something that could grow um, because it's just an idea that's been in my head that I've never said out loud to anyone.
0: Oh, it's a brilliant idea. I love it. Oh, I, I mm-hmm. love I love. Uh, I love ideas. i'm a I'm a my wife says I like to get in the pants of creativity. like I love the I, I like that part of a relationship of just, you know, the heavy petting of a relationship. And my wife says, I love the heavy petting of creativity. I don't like the commitment of creativity.
1: I can see that from you. you threw a lot of really wonderful parallels out here. like every time I've like mentioned something, you've paralleled it to something um that like is really creative. and I love I love parallels. So like I'm... so you're, yeah. I think that's really great. Um, and I I'm think nervous
0: that- to invite and I'm nervous to take you around comics because there's so many dark souls and you seem like you have such a bright soul. Have I have a dark soul a- too. Dar- do you? What kind I of music so. do you like?
1: Um, David Bowie all the way.
0: <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie is fucking awesome.
1: Like he's just my everything. Really? Like I think like like heroes, just like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I just like, it's my favorite song in the world but I can't listen to it because I'm like crying when I hear it. I really? love heroes so much. It's just my everything song. Um, I just play it on loop. Really? Um, yeah. I like, and so I'm just, I like classic rock. I'm like a big, like Rolling Stones person. Yeah. Um, I And but like David Bowie's like my number one of everything. That's
0: so funny. I go through phases. I go through phases of, of like, I went through a Bowie phase, like, meaning a chunk, like, for a week. Uh, right now, I'm obsessed with Kanye. I'm listening to all Kanye's early stuff. Really, yeah. And then, and then listening to all the beats he produced. And, like, I'm, I just watched that documentary on Kanye. So, I'm like.
1: I'm not super familiar with his work. I think I fall in love with albums as well, too. Like, the, just albums. Like, for, I like the Rolling Stones, but, like, I love Beggar's Banquet.
0: Yeah that's that's your favorite album yeah so so i i like i will have one song that will just blossom for me and then i'll become obsessed with an album like the other day i was i'm sitting in the house and my wife just plays you know she'll be like alexa play uh play southern rock or alexa play old country alexa play uh hank williams uh senior and so that's my wife's old old country but the old er, Americana southern rock old country or the Beatles my wife loves the fucking Beatles and and uh, the other day soft parade came on by the doors oh my god and i was Love like and i was just like this is it's amazing when like a music a song will will catch you off guard and all of a sudden it's like they're whispering in your ear like the lyrics are meant for that they they've never been clearer than than that moment. I love when life does that. Like when, li- when life will slow down and for a second you just everything's going at the right vibration. Yeah.
1: I so believe in just like uh I don't know, serendipity.
0: Um I, I hardcore believe in serendipity. I, yeah, I'm i like, Right I now know, I've something. already I've already had three parallel spin-offs of uh you like at one at one point cuz I was like uh, in my head I'm like God, I want her to introduce her to Gary Goldman. Gary is such a, a great energy. And then I was like, I was like, oh my God, what if I introduce her to a comic and they fall in love and they get married and then they have kids and then for the rest of their lives they're like, God, thank God Bert read my article. Like I think, I, mean, of the, yeah. I think of life like that. I really do. I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with the sliding doors of of life and and opportunities. And that's why s- silly things like uh, you know. My daughter Isla, and I had a conversation about you last night. We were going to get Mexican food and um and it was really kind of eye opening and and all of a sudden i rem- she told me something she had said to me one time, and I started laughing, and I went, "God damn it, that's going to my special like I gotta work listen that to on some stage. of your
1: specials and she sounds your daughters sound amazing uh, everything Lila says that you've said, I'm like, oh my goodness <laughs> she i wanted them so to I wanted them
0: to meet you today. Tell what me. has happened with me and my daughters is my this is going to sound crazy, but like the part of me that was broken as a, as a, as a single dude, as a guy who would date girls, the guy, the guy I didn't like has reared its head with my daughters because I met my wife. My wife's the most open, honest, very direct, very loving, amazing fucking person. I, my, I love my wife. She was different than the type of girls I would date. The type of girls I would date would be somewhat, uh, deceptive, and so, when that showed up, it wasn't the girls I liked. It was a couple of girls I ended up dating were just were just deceptive mm-hmm. and uh, and the, and they were the ones that shut me off from dating entirely until I met my wife. yeah, and so I never really fixed that part of me. I just found someone who wasn't that type of person. yeah, and then when it, naturally, when it, when a, a young lady or a little girl, a little girl, a teenage girl decides that she wants to do dirt, you know, like go out and sneak out with her friends or whatever it rears up on me as the guy that got cheated on and mm-hmm. and i start i had a fucking spiral i had a spiral the other morning and i mean it was like fucking insane i mean i was like and i i said to my wife i think she's cheating on us and she went what and i and i meant to say i think she's lying to us yeah it was just a parallel it scenario out, for you it came so and it out it came my wife yeah she was like hold on one second hold on one second she's like what the fuck are you going through and i was like what did i say and so so uh and, th- and they're not they're not they're being really great kids but my brokenness is rearing its head i don't know how we got on this but i track them i track them everywhere
1: yeah no i mean you know it's, it's things that happen stay with us uh i mean like things definitely you know like i haven't spoken to my father since i was 18 but like things that happen definitely stay with us really yeah
0: are you an only child
1: I am, yes. You are. Yeah. My mom and I have always been super close. uh because, you know, she's like my dad left when I was pretty young and like when I was 2 or 3 and, Oh, left, left. Yeah, like okay. well, he was a, he was a chef and he would move around and then after that like he left to go live in Puerto Rico. Um, but yeah, so I stayed with I was, you know, I was with my mom like for me he was never really that much in the picture. Um, but like, you know, things that happen when you're younger like, since he left so early, I don't remember it, but I have such a hard time with separation.
0: Mm, I have a hard time with separation.
1: Yeah, I, I freak out. Like, suddenly, it's like I immediately get more attached to someone just because they're leaving.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah.
1: um, And, you know, so things stay. So, I mean, when you're feeling those scenarios, I feel like it's like you've lived it, and it can stay with you.
0: So when do you go back to New York?
1: Um, Actually, I'm going back tonight. I'm taking the red eye. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I Because I have a work deadline
0: oh really yeah so what are you up. doing the rest of the day
1: um i don't know just gonna like i don't have any plans actually
0: you should uh you should go see something or do is this your first time to la
1: i've been to san diego and yeah we stay i think i came on a training trip somewhere close but i don't remember where we went with the swim team
0: yeah
1: yeah i've been to san diego quite a few times so what do you yeah. think of la um i don't know much yet you know like it's yeah. just big yeah it's big yeah um and it's yeah i don't know much about la but it's cool it's really nice out it's like a beautiful day um and it's it's beautiful here um it's so beautiful you have a gorgeous house by the way oh thank you very much (laughs) but like yeah um it seems really nice here
0: well uh i i i can't tell you how much i appreciate you doing this podcast um i've it's been a a, uh, it says pleasure feels weird to say but it's been uh, a privilege to follow your journey.
1: Oh, I'm so honored that I got to come out here. You're so, you're easy to talk to. You're great. Like, I feel like you're a great person who has creative ideas flowing, uh, which I love.
0: I, I'm, I love creativity.
1: It generates conversation. I love it. And
0: you, I, you know, it's so funny. I didn't know how easy this conversation would be or wouldn't be, but I feel like we're a little bit kindred spirits. And the, yeah. as soon as you said Russian literature, I was like, wait. That's so that's, funny. Yeah, it's so bizarre. And And, and I think, I was journaling this morning and I was kind of like writing like what the fuck's wrong with me? Like what am I how do where am I what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? And and I was like I'm doing everything. I'm working at a pretty high level uh, and I and I was like wow don't what the fuck it is? And then as soon as you started talking I was like I need to find a book that I've read before. I've never read two of oh, the same book twice ever in my life. And but as I was talking to you I was like I need to find a book I read before. And reread it. Reread it. And I was yeah. like, maybe I'll do one of those Russian books, like we. Yeah. Maybe- I thought
1: about like um rereading some Russian books too. my gosh, can I tell you a ridiculous Russian book story from my class, my fairy tales class? We had to buy a compilation of fairy tales, and apparently by the same author, there's another compilation, and that's the one I accidentally bought because I thought it was the same one. <laughs> and it's called Russian Secret Tales. They are all dirty fairy tales. Oh, for real? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and- I a hundred percent read that and like they are explicit. Um, and I was like, God, this class is so weird. And that was my first experience. And I was like, what are they having us read?
0: Uh, <laughs> that's great. Well, well, Chloe, uh, I want, I, I want to keep in touch and we'll take Definitely. you out in New York and introduce you to some people and make sure that your transition to New York is not as, as rough as it has been this last month or, or so, but it should be in New York. Uh, New, York, New York's a place where once you're there for a year, all of a sudden you start feeling stronger about everything. Yeah. And it's, and I'm, I'm just very, uh, I'm very excited to see what happens with you. Thank and you. And I'm looking forward to this fucking book about your, your, your parallel. I know
1: now I, now I mentioned the idea. Now I've got to... a.
0: By the way, if you want anything taken out, Halston's here. If you want to listen to this episode first, feel free. Anything you want, I want to make sure that this was a good experience for you because I want to. I want to hear you on Whitney's. I want to hear you on Whitney's podcast. Oh my god, I would love that. Whitney's yeah, we'll get so you on cool. Whitney's podcast. We're gonna we get you surfing with Bethany Hamilton. Aaron Ralston's gonna take you an in indoor rock climbing gym. I've got big plans for you. I've got big plans. For
1: oh you my plan. gosh, thank you, Bert. It was such a pleasure being here. I'm so excited I got to be here. Uh, this was like one of the best conversations I've ever had, probably. Oh, like, just really the cool world to me. Yeah, so I'm excited to get to hang out in New York.
0: Yeah, well, we're well, gonna set it up. Thank
1: you. Yeah, thank you.
0: This episode was brought to you by the machine.